This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor on the line. And it is week three of the uh, cheap beer that my boss got me. I'm trying to work my way through it. This is actually the second beer I've had tonight. Earlier tonight, I was one of a, uh, uh, a panel of uh, guests on a friend of mine, uh, his podcast called The Assault of two, uh, the Two-Headed Space Mules. And uh, we were doing a... Uh, a talk about a, 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 a rather excellent comic book artist, illustrator, guy, uh, Bernie Wrightson, who just died this past weekend. And we were talking about what an awesome artist he was and uh, how much we like his work. And I made the point that, you know, it's time to put the pen down and walk away because I ain't nothing but a hack compared to that guy. Well, uh, maybe I should be inspired to do some drawing. I've not drawn for a while. I really should do some. All right. Uh, I'm a skeptic. You guys know that. You should know that by now. I don't. I don't accept that there's some kind of collective consciousness or unconsciousness or something. I don't accept that there's something like that. There isn't any really good evidence for something like that existing. I don't think the universe has a plan for me. Uh, I don't, or for anybody, or for it's. I just, just, you know, I believe that randomness is happens, and that coincidences happen. It doesn't mean there's some mystical connection to something greater than ourselves or anything like that. I mean, we are part of the universe. As as Carl Sagan had put it, we are a way for the cosmos to know itself. And that's kind of cool. That's really cool. We are all made of star stuff and and all that. You know, the stuff that Carl said, that was that, that's cool. And it makes, the, the, in that sense, there is a connection. But we're not tapping into each other's thoughts or into some kind of uh, Akashic field or whatever you guys are calling that thing. It, it's, I, there's no evidence for anything like that. And then when people are saying, you know, they feel a spiritual connection to a place or to other people, or that's, that's a feeling. I think it's more likely it's something that's generated within someone uh, within their brain. It's not uh, it's not like there's some force that, you know, controls my destiny. I've been around this galaxy uh, no, whatever. Uh, you know, it doesn't penetrate us and bind us and whatever, to something to the galaxy together. You know what I'm trying to say. And and uh as I said, randomness happens, and kooky little coincidences take place. It, and just, you know, coincidence? Yes, that's your answer. Yes, coincidence, it happens. Sure, sometimes something's planned by someone, and they make it look like it's a coincidence, but really, you know, I don't think that there's something deeper than that, okay? Um, that's just where I stand. That's where I'm at. Now, why do I bring this up? There is a meme, a relatively new one, going around, I mean a really new one actually, not just relatively new, really new, going around social media. Uh, it is, uh, it's, let's see, um, it's any book, any first line of any book can be ma made that much more exciting by adding a certain second line to that book. And that certain second line is, and then the murders began. Have you seen that? Have you seen it on your Twitter feed? Have you seen it in, on Facebook? That's where I spotted it, on Facebook. 
somebody posted that and it's you know uh, uh, it made that sentiment so people were commenting in that thread coming up with first lines of books now apparently as I said this is really new this is a new one because it, it came up earlier this month an author named Eric Laidlaw took to Twitter and he wrote he twittered uh, let's see I've got to find it in my notes. Bear with me. Um, he said, The first line of almost any story can be improved by making sure the second line is, and then the murders began. Okay? So people were taking that to heart, and they decided that uh, uh, it would be like, Call me Ishmael. Is that how you say it? Uh, and then the murders began, or in the beginning... God's, uh, let's see, God created the heavens and the earth, and then the murders began. That's, that's a pretty good one. Uh, someone took the first line out of the uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or the Sorcerer's Stone, depending on which side of the Atlantic that you are living. Uh, that determines the title of the book. Um, and I don't remember that first line, but that's they did that. It, take down, it was kind of cute and, and all that. So I was set with a challenge here. What first line of a book can I come up with? What would be good? And it struck me that I should think of a children's book, not a not a Dr. Seuss kind of thing, but um, you know, a, a, a chapter book, a story book for kids. And they get a little they're they're past or they they've grown past the the Dr. Seuss stage, and they're ready to read chapter books. That 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 kind of a book. And I was trying to think of a, what was a good one. And the first one that popped to my mind. I don't know why. I've never read it before. Uh, the first one that popped to my mind was Charlotte's Web. The classic story, Charlotte's Web. I'm sorry I didn't write down who wrote it. Uh, E.B. White. I don't know. Somebody wrote it, right? Um, I don't... Um, I didn't, I've never read it. I was familiar with the story. I knew it from the animated film that came out in the 70s or something. It had Paul Lynn was playing the rat character and... I can't remember anybody else that was in it, but uh, okay. So you know that's some pig, that whole thing, and uh, so I, I thought, okay, I'm gonna go with that one. Let's see if I can find out what the first line of that book is, which you can on the internet. I'm telling you, kids, there's all kinds of information on the internet. Did you know that? Did you realize that there's all kinds of stuff? You just kind of search for it. There's this thing called the Google. You use that, and it helps you find stuff. I guess there's another thing called the Bing and the Yahoo you know, that you can use to search for things. But it's, it's amazing. All the information is out there. Just got to search for the right way to find it, I guess. Well, I search for the book. What's the first line? And let me tell you, when I found it, it's, it's, it, 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 it couldn't work better. It couldn't have been a better choice. Random choice, completely random. It was coincidence. I've never read the book. I had no idea what the first line was. If I had read the book as a kid, maybe that first line would have been just kind of rolling around in the back of my head like a loose marble or something going back and forth. But no, no, there's no loose marble in there, at least not for that book story. And a screw or two might be loose, but never read it. So that wasn't even in there. So I looked it up. Here's the first line of Charlotte's Web. Let me you you think you, you let me know if you think that this was perfect. Where's Papa going with that axe? said Fern to her mother as they were setting the table for breakfast, and then the murders began. How much better could it have been? It could where's Papa going with that axe? And then the murders began. Come on! Isn't that cool? That's a cool, that's what's called a coincidence. It's not scientific. No, I'm sorry, I was quoting Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There's a line in there. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a coincidence. It's not scientific. Which they're not talking science at all. They're talking psychic stuff at that point. And why all those people went to, uh, if you don't know the movie, I guess I'm going astray. Um, anyway. <clears throat> It was just this wild and really cool coincidence that I happened to think of this book. It was the first one I thought of. It was the only one I looked at. And I put that in there in the comment thread. And I thought, this is, that's perfect. 
the universe wasn't telling me, oh, go with Charlotte's Web. That'll be really good. Because what does the universe get out of that? Well, I mean, I mean, why? <laughs> What's the point? You know, I don't. It's I don't subscribe subscribe to any of that. And then the you know the the, the idea of the secret and the, what is it? The power of attraction or law of attraction or something. I yeah. I am I on the right path there with this secret thing? You send out positive energy about what you want, positive thoughts, and and you will get it. I want a brand new bike. Uh, I want a brand new bike. And you say that every day, all day long, and you'll get a brand new bike. Well, if you say I want a brand new bike, and then you get a job, and you save up the money, and then you buy the brand new bike, well, then you d you did something. But the universe didn't provide that for you. You did. So this was just it was just awesome. It was just excellent. This great little new meme that's come around, and I think uh, you know in, in one shot I got the best one that could possibly have been gotten. Don't you agree? Something interesting happened. Uh, in relation to this show just recently. Uh, I have a Facebook page for Dimland Radio. If you haven't liked it, please look up Dimland Radio on the Facebook and go and like it. I'm sitting at 160 likes. Let's let's see if I can get up to 165. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's give me some more likes on that. Um, anyway, I'm not... This, this was pretty cool because... The person who was behind this, I don't, I, I, I wasn't familiar with them at, at all. I didn't know who this person was. I'm pretty much familiar with most of the people who listen to this show. At least at this point, I think so. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's me. I listen to the show. And Trisha. And Craig and Erica so far. And my younger brother, might. But, okay, I'm not going to run through the whole list because it's just way too long. No, no, it's, it's not. I average about 13 downloads of shows <laughs> so far. <laughs> well, you know, from small acorns, giant oaks grow. Isn't that the phrase? Anyway, if you haven't gone over and rated and reviewed, given me a positive rating and a positive review, if you like the show and you're still listening to it, Go on over to iTunes and do that for me. That'd be that'd be really nice. And tell somebody about it. Say, hey, look, the guy talks about nothing, but he makes it interesting. So anyway, I went to my uh, Dimland Radio Facebook page, and there was a message on there to me. Uh, well, to Dimland Radio, and it, it said uh, it was from a fellow who said uh, that I should uh, maybe do up a, a drawing of a bread trout and put my logo with it and put that on t-shirts and I thought that's an interesting idea now I some of you are scratching your heads well what bread trout what what is that supposed to mean well um, I'll play just listen to this and uh, it'll, it'll explain it to you okay I have something here it's it's an EVP I'm telling you it's really something I need to call it up. I gotta tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And, uh, well, I won't, uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're gonna hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I I think that was clear as day. I heard, well, I don't understand it, but it's I heard bread trout, clear as day. Ooh, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Okay, that's that's what that guy's referring to. He's referring to that little deal there, the little joke I had about EVP. And I mentioned the, you know, priming the pump, so I didn't say anything. And, you know, it's obviously, it's saying, you know, eat at Joe's. It's saying that. It's not saying bread trout. Come on. Uh, no. And so he thought maybe I could draw up a bread trout, somehow draw that. And I thought, that's an interesting idea. That would be an interesting challenge. 
to try to draw a bread trout. Not a breaded trout, because that is such a thing. You can you can get you know breaded trout to eat, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. But um, I, <clears throat> I I what I found intriguing about this little suggestion was two things. One, this is a guy that I don't hadn't known previously, hadn't had any kind of encounter with. You know, there's been some people that uh, I got in a conversation with, and I said, "Well, you know, I do this little podcast thing," and he said, "Oh, I'll check it out." Uh, nothing like that. And this isn't. I I I I asked uh, Craig from the Minnesota Skeptics. I said, "Is this guy?" And I gave his name. Is this guy? Is he part of the Minnesota Skeptics? And he looked and he said, "Yeah, he's." But he just became one. Because I asked if he was part of the Minnesota Skeptics because I, I looked at the guy's Facebook page and he's from Duluth, Minnesota, right up way up there in Duluth, up there or up north there where the Duluth people hang out there You're over there on the Lake Superior. Oh yeah, you should just go up there. It's it can get real cold there during the winter, but uh, it's nice. It's pretty up there. There's the there's the lift bridge there. That's uh, most people uh, recognize that when they see the city of Duluth, they show that that bridge over there. And, and you know. anyway, so he lives up there. And so that's why I thought, you know, maybe he's a Minnesota skeptic, and it's just, you know, I, I put um, uh, an announcement that the show is going to be on uh, for that Saturday night. I put it up just about 20 minutes or so before the show comes on, just reminding people if they've got nothing better to do. And who, I mean, what is there to do on a Saturday night? Come on. Um, then come on over and listen to Dimland Radio. That's, that's my, my invitation. Uh, and and some people do, and it's kind of cool. And we sit and we chat because I'm there. The show's pre-recorded, so I can pay attention to the chat room. It's not like when I used to do the show live, I couldn't. I had to just drop in during a break, say, "Well, how's it going? Can you hear me? Is it okay? Am I an idiot?" You know that kind of thing. And anyway, so so the guy just became a member of the Minnesota Skeptics. I mean, I think just that day when I got that message. So I don't know what. Did, did my show come first? Did he find that somehow? I don't know how. It's just, it'd be interesting. And if he is listening, if he still listens, it'd be cool. Send me another message and let me know. How did you find Dimland Radio? How do you like it? Do you want to give it a positive review? <laughs> Have you liked the Dimland Radio page? You know, that kind of thing. And um, yeah, I'd be, that'd be interesting. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, he actually listens to the breaks. So maybe he is listening to it while it's playing live, and you have no choice. Not playing live, but you know what I mean. When it's playing on ZTalk, maybe he has no choice because you have to sit through them. But if you're listening to it on a download on iTunes, well, you can zip right through the breaks. You know, just that you don't have to listen to them. I I would say that you should listen to the bumpers. You know, going in and out of the break because they're always awesome. They're great. I have great bumpers, uh, great songs on there. They're all from the '80s, and uh, they're just great. And uh, so you listen to this. So that was very cool. Somebody that I didn't have a previous affiliation with has sent me a message about the a suggestion for the show. I'm gonna see what I can do about drawing up a a, a bread trout. I don't, you know, I don't know about getting on a T-shirt. Um, that would take money, unless I do it through the cafe press. But that, but still, it's an interesting challenge. How would I draw a bread trout? Interesting. Well, maybe if, if I get it, if I do one, uh, I'll put it up on the Facebook page, on the Dimline Radio page, just so you can see what I come up with. Uh, don't hold your breath. <laughs> It'll, don't hold your breath, because I got, I got so much other stuff going on. It's, I just, you know, setting aside time to draw. It's really something i got to work on. And what i got to work on right now is going to break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this break. Sit tight. bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. 
Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. That, of course, was the magnificent replacements, Minneapolis' own underappreciated band, although their appreciation level has been growing by people of realizing, God, they were good. Except some dude or pair of dudes have a, I guess, a music review site or something like that. And I, I'm I've, I've liked uh, or part of a Paul Westerberg replacements uh, fan group on Facebook, and someone in the group posted this link to you know a review site of this guy reviewing replacements albums. And uh, look, I know it's subjective. Music is subjective. Not everybody's going to like the same kind of stuff. I understand that, but boy. We looked at that and we thought, we, I mean, the other Replacements fans were saying, what a dick <laughs> this guy is. I mean, he liked some of the stuff, but he kept calling them, it's, it's, I, like they were, like they were boring or they didn't, they weren't interesting and lyrically they weren't very good. I mean, if you know the band and you like the band and you better, I mean, the guy, uh, slagged the song Here Comes a Regular, which is one of Paul Westerberg. He's the uh, lead singer, rhythm guitar, does some lead guitar, and um, main songwriter for the band. It's one of his best songs. It's, it's you know, the guy who, who just said it, he called it plodding. It's like, you've, you've never spent any appreciable time in a bar, have you? Because Man, if you have, that song means something. You'll you, you, you'll understand it. I, you know, if you've spent time hanging out in a bar, uh, one of those local neighborhood bar kind of things, and it's and then he, he 
I don't know. It just it was weird. It just we all looked at it like what? And he couldn't even get the name of one of the songs that they do. Couldn't even get it right. The song is called "Kiss Me on the Bus," and he kept calling it "On the Bus." Look, dumbass. <laughs> but you know, everybody's got an opinion. So what are you gonna do? That song is awesome though. The rattlesnake just just ugh, just kicks you right in the balls when it starts, and then it does a little bluesy thing in there. It's great. Wish I could play the whole thing, but I can't. So look it up when you look at my show notes, which usually come out on Monday on the, on the, on the internets. You go to dimland.com, you go to the blog option, you find the show notes, you scroll down to the bottom there, and there'll be links to all the songs that I play in the bumpers, if I can find them on YouTube. There's some obscure ones that I can't find, but uh, I'm sure Rattlesnake will be on there. It's the replacements. It's going to be up there. Okay, what was I going to talk about? Oh, I got nothing left. I'll end the show early. No, I got something. It seems as though the world's problems have been solved. Uh, world poverty has come to an end. There's no hunger anymore. Uh, everybody gets along swimmingly. It's wonderful. Uh, must be because uh, people have found they have to complain about the new movie Wonder Woman. Uh, because Wonder Woman has shaved legs and armpits. Now, it's not a lot of people doing this, and it should warm my heart being a pedant as I am. This is a bit of pedantry. Why would this Amazon warrior be shaving her armpits and her legs? Why? It's <laughs> kind of a good point. She does because, well, you know, patriarchy, of course. Um, you know, I, I prefer looking at a woman with shaved legs and armpits I don't you know I know you know back in the back in the 1980s I was going to art school and uh, this this little song came out and it was a big hit 99 loof balloons or 99 red balloons by the band Nana and the lead singer Gallinier who I believe is also named Nana um, there's a video version of that song that I can recall seeing where she's doing, you know, they do the, the shots of them playing live, you know, playing in front of an audience, and she's up on the stage, she's doing kind of a sexy, shimmy dance kind of thing, and she's wearing a black t-shirt and leather pants, if I have that right, and no bra, which, yeah, yeah. anyway, um, and she's got the short sleeves of the t-shirt, and every now and then she brings up her arms, and you see... You know, the tufts of the underarm hair. How European. And uh, I can remember, uh, I was going to art school at the time. My friend Gene uh, had mentioned that, that the aspect of it. He said, it's kind of hot. And I, you know, he, he kind of liked it. And I said, okay, you know, hey, you know. And I said, it's kind of not. And... <laughs> Not for me. I, I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, I've been programmed, I guess, uh, to like, you know, having seen women shaving. I don't know when that started. Does it go back to Egypt? Did it, how far does it go back? I, I, I don't know. Um, it's just, you know, I, I know there are men and probably some women out there that uh, get into uh, the look of a woman allowing herself to be natural. Let the hair grow where it grows, and and they're into that. I I I, I understand that that's out there. It's just and that's fine. You're into it. Go go for it. You know, as long as everything's between consenting adults, no one's being forced or hurt or you know. It's it's long and if they're being hurt, they're being hurt because they want to be. You know, because there are some people into that too. Fine. Just as long as everybody's consulting, you know, consenting, and and they have their safe words, it, that's fine. You remember the book uh, Joy of Sex? You ever see that? I can remember seeing that when I was a kid. And they 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 have drawings of people doing the different positions and the and the stuff in the book. And it's the same couple. And since the book came out in what the seventies, they're hippies. So the guy's hairy and bearded, and the woman is hairy and bearded. Well, she's not bearded, but she's got the hairy armpits. It's like, eh, okay. And then, ugh, shudder. 
they show, I think it's this thing where, you know, some people are into licking armpits. I don't understand that, but some people are into it. And I do recall that being in the book, Joy of Sex. <laughs> the dude's licking her armpit. It's the hair's there. It's, oh, it's just, okay. All right. Well, the new Wonder Woman movie, trailers come out. I think the actress's name is something like Gal or Gail Godot or it's not, I think that's her name. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I don't have it right. I wrote it down, but I don't think I wrote it down correctly. But let's, whoever she is, there's a shot in there where you can see the armpits, and they're shaved, and of course her legs are shaved. And why would an Amazon warrior be worried about that? She's from this island with all women on there, you know. Unless the women, uh, you know, unless the patriarchy has gotten over to that island. And said, no, I'm sorry, you know, you can all control this island, but you got to shave your legs and armpits. Well, that's kind of, uh, you know, ruffled a few feathers. It's not a huge thing, it's not a big thing, but that got me thinking. Because this isn't the first instance of this kind of a thing. There's lots of it. There's loads of this stuff in Hollywood going back. You know, think of uh, Raquel Welch's, her breakout role in... In one million BC, one million years BC, is that what it called? One million years BC, yeah, 1966, and she's in that that loincloth bikini, and she's shaved and plucked, and, and you know she looks like she stepped out of a, a beauty salon. You know, it's like okay, <laughs> there you go. How about Planet of the Apes from 1968? When Charlton Heston plays this dude that goes into who's really stupid because he gets on this planet that's got it's got plants like on Earth, it's got birds and horses and and other humans like on Earth, except these humans are they're they're primitive and and they don't talk. They don't even they don't even make grunting sounds. They should make at least grunting sounds, shouldn't they? But uh, anyway, but they don't talk. And but it's got horses uh, and it's got it's got apes. Now, the apes talk. Well, what language do they talk? They talk English. English. Of there, How many languages are on this planet right now? And this guy can't make this connection. It's like, what are the odds that he's going to go to another planet way out there and they're going to speak English? What? <laughs> and he's not going to think, you know, we must be on Earth because there's no chance in hell that another planet's going to develop the English language. It's not going to happen. But no, he only realizes it when he sees the Statue of Liberty at the end. And he should just say to Nova, his hot savage chick that he picked up, he should just say to her, hey, we got one of those back home too. Ours is in better shape though. That one's kind of messed up and it's half buried. But speaking of Nova, Nova also has, you know, she has this weird kind of loincloth bikini thing on and she's got the shaved legs and shaved armpits and the plucked eyebrows and the <laughs> come on it's because well you know i mean most audiences aren't going to want to sit and look at a woman that would be completely natural but it's not just women before you start screaming at me you know what a pig i am and i am but before you start doing that it's not just women oh no one of my favorite actors is William Holden. And I gotta tell you, you know, uh, he's a good looking guy. I've always thought that William Holden is a really good looking man. It's kind of a boyish thing going, kind of, but, but looks like a man. It's not like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt looks boyish and looks boyish. And he has that monkey nose thing. But he's a good looking guy. And he's a good actor. And he's an atheist, and that's cool. And, uh, I don't know if he's a skeptic or anything like that, but who, you know, whatever. But William Holden, good-looking guy, really. You know, he's kind of, I think, you know, today's equivalent to him might be, might be kind of George Clooney, except George Clooney has a little bit too much of the, of the, the glint, the gleam in the eye, you know, the little sparkle in the eye that Holden didn't have. Because Holden, he made his career out of playing cynics, Guys that just, uh, you know, just were uh, fed up with the system and didn't trust it and didn't trust other people and didn't give, you know, it's just, just were just plain cynical guys. He played that role a lot. And um, there's two movies 
I want to bring to your attention. These, I think I've recommended maybe both of these over the years, but these, you certainly should watch them. If you have not seen them, you really should watch them. And if you haven't seen them for a while, watch them again. Now, uh, I'll start with uh, uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. William Holden plays an American uh, Navy guy that had been captured by the Japanese in the Pacific, and he's, he's at this prison camp in the middle of the jungle, and he's one of a very few people that are still alive, and one of only like two guys that are still functioning in the in this in this camp. And Alec uh, Alec Guinness plays Colonel Nicholson, who is the commander of this this troop of uh, British, you know, this bunch of British soldiers that had been that had surrendered to the Japanese because well, what else could they do? They were they were kind of caught, and uh, so they get marched into the camp. And Holden, you know, he, his character and another one were, were grave diggers. That was their job. And, and so they, they had to stop digging the graves because they didn't want, uh, you know, they didn't want the incoming prisoners to get a preview of what was in, in store for, for a lot of them. Well, and, and Holden, is, you know, his, his character's name is Spears, I think, or something like that. Shears, Shears. Thing like, anyway, so he's he's a very cynical guy. It's just just right in his wheelhouse. This is cynical guy. He does manage to escape the camp, and then the movie kind of goes on from there, um, where he has to, he gets blackmailed by the British. He gets back to the British uh, forces somehow, and they blackmail him into going back in because this Japanese uh, uh, prison camp com commander has these British soldiers building a bridge, and they want that bridge destroyed. Well, and it's a really excellent movie. It really is really good. Alec Guinness is terrific in it, and, and, and Holden is pretty good, too. So, But the thing is, William Holden is he's shirtless a lot through the movie, which is great. <laughs> and and <laughs> he is hairless. I mean, if he barely has, he well, he has the chin stubble, he has that kind of stuff, but, you know, and he's got the head on, you know, hair on top of his head, of course, but except for his forearms, there doesn't seem to be any hair anywhere on his body, not his armpits, not his back, not his chest, his stomach, his legs, he has no hair, and he's glistening with sweat through most of it, and he, it, I'm, I'm telling you, he's so, he's like a Dolphin. <laughs> There's no hair. And okay, all right. And I've watched that movie, and I've watched it several times, and and made no real connection about that. N never did anything. And then at some point, I watched Stalag 17. Now, Bridge on a River Kwai came out in 1957. It was directed by David Lean, a wonderful director. Uh, does the big epic type things. The other one he's best known for is uh, Lawrence of Arabia. And then uh, Stalag 13, 17, sorry, Stalag 17 came out in 1953. It's directed by Billy Wilder, who's done a lot of great movies, The Apartment and Some Like It Hot, and just you know, he's he's he was he was another fine director. Stalag 13, uh, 17 is another pr prisoner of war movie, so they have that in common, and William Holden is playing a cynic, and this time he's a cynic. He's in Europe, and uh, this this cynical captain or no sergeant. They're all sergeants in this prison camp. He's one of those guys that's uh, he's 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 uh, he's able to bribe the guards and get stuff. And he can provide stuff for the for the other prisoners, but at a price. And the other prisoners don't like him. He's shifty, and he's just doesn't. He's not trustworthy. They don't like him. And uh, you know, there's somebody in that barrack, that particular barrack, that is. Uh, they think there's a stool pigeon in there. That's that's getting messages to the Germans because uh, some escape attempts have been foiled. And this is like they thought they had it perfectly set up, and they think and somebody's giving them the word. And uh, and they all think it's they all think it's him, right? Because he's you know they don't like him. Now it's not. At least he says it's not him. Okay, now why I bring that one up? Not just because it's another William Holden movie, Holden movie, and it's World War II and prison movie, but but he doesn't go shirtless in the movie, unfortunately. But he does 
have an undershirt that you see, a white undershirt or sometimes, a, I guess, a green undershirt. It's black and white, so I don't know. And at the neckline of his shirt is hair. I mean, a thick mat of hair coming up from under that shirt. This dude had a hairy chest, and I was, you know, in research for my little talk here about this, he's... I found a picture of him where he's got his shirt open. I think he was during the production of this particular movie. Uh, he's got a hairy chest. So for whatever reason, I don't know if the studio said, look, if you're going to have him shirtless, that he's got to have a shaved chest. He's got to have, you know, it's, the audiences aren't going to like it. Or maybe David Lean, the director of, of uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, decided he needs to be you know, hairless. I don't know why, but... So, you know, women weren't, aren't the only ones that were forced to do that kind of stuff. So, I, yeah, I, I, it, it jumps to mind that uh, um, Ten Commandments. Was Charlton Heston, did they allow him to have hair in his chest, I wonder? Maybe they did. Oh, well. But that's what I got for you there. And what I got for you right now is another break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll be back. And uh, you'll just have to sit and wait. Or you, if you're listening on iTunes, you can skip right through this. But listen to the bumpers. Looking from a window above, it's like a story of love. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self destruct. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at uh, ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. That break didn't last long enough. It's too quick. I barely had a chance to continue to have sips of this fine Pilsner out of Colorado. Is that where this rolling rock comes from? Latrobe. Where's that? I don't know. Anyway. Um... I have a story here that uh, it's a it's it's pertaining to to memory and how much it sucks, how bad it is, how unreliable human memory is. Our memory is good enough to help us survive. You know, we remember where you know the hunter gatherers of us from you know our ancestors way back when. You know, they remembered where the good hunting grounds were. They remembered, you know, what plants had what kind of, you know, roots that you could eat or fruit that was that was edible. And they would they would remember stuff to survive. But 
remembering what happened just five minutes ago or a month ago or years ago, not so good. Now, of course, the closer to the event that you're remembering something, the more accurate your memories are likely to be, and some people have better memories than others, but in general, our memory sucks. Too much can happen to them that affects the memory. So, <clears throat> let me tell you this. Back, oh, let's see, 20 years ago, I started working at a uh, silk screening shop in Minneapolis called, sorry, <clears throat> kind of got caught on that C there, called Cold Side Silk Screening. Not cold side, it's not that cold. Um, and it's in the warehouse districts of Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis. It's just really, you know, really cool. And the, 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 the two fellows that uh, are, were the bosses, they owned the building in which the business was located, and it, it was a five-story building. Now, the, the lower level, the first floor, and half the second floor at that time, uh, that was set up for the business. Uh, and it was we printed T-shirts. That's what Coldside was doing, essentially, just printing designs on T-shirts. Uh, the other half of the second floor and the third, fourth, and fifth floors were loft apartments. Okay, and the art department was on the second floor, so we could sometimes hear stuff going on upstairs on the third floor. When the uh, there was at that time, at the time this event took place there were two fellows living up there roommates and they weren't the kind of roommates that were pals beforehand they were kind of like uh, looking for a roommate to you know rent an apartment with you know, that kind of thing you know either on a craigslist kind of thing well craigslist didn't exist then but you know, something like that or in one of the local newspapers or somehow you know so these guys weren't buds or anything they just kind of somehow met and rented this place together okay at the time that this event took place, uh, we at the business knew that one of those guys was moving out. And he was the one that we actually knew fairly well. He'd come back from work and he'd say, hey guys, he'd come in and talk with us and if we're hanging out in the office at the end of the day. So he'd do that. And so we, we knew him. We barely knew the other guy. May have seen him every now and then, but just you know, never talked to him much. And one day... I was uh, working with the other artist in the art department, and we're just doing whatever we're doing. And third floor, just above us, it's just thumpity thump going on up there, furniture moving around, walking around, footsteps, just kind of stuff is going on up there. And we're thinking, what the hell's going on up there? But we knew that what's-his-name was going to be moving. So we figured, well, he's probably just getting stuff together, so we didn't really think of it. He was just The guy was just moving stuff around because he was going to be getting out of there. So, you know... No real consideration of what was going on. We just continued to do our work and just took it in, in, in stride. Just no big deal. At some point in the day, I was called down to the office to work with a customer uh, to you know help them out with whatever artwork they needed to be done for their design and shoot them a price and just find, get that information. That was part of the job. happened frequently. And as I was heading, and it was a particularly busy day, that that office, uh, people were in and out, customers were in and out all day, and uh, it was particularly busy in there. And I headed back up to the art department, and as I'm heading up the stairs, these three fellows are walking down from above, second floor. And again, this isn't all that unusual. We had tenants living in on those floors, and they often had people coming in and out, so it wasn't all that unusual. Just these three guys are coming down, three white dudes, middle age varying from I don't know the thirties up to middle age I guess. And and they and they they get down to the second floor landing, which is right where the door for the art department is, and I'm headed there, so one of the guys opens the door and lets me in. Thanks, you know, whatever. No problem. And off they go. And again, I don't really think much of it except that one of the guys was carrying this this big case that had an unusual top to it. It had uh, two flaps that would come over. One flap you'd put down first had the handle on there. The other flap would go over the top of that and there was a hole through which that handle could come up and then they'd, they'd bring it up through, you know, they'd carry it that way. Just saw it registered in my head, but again, I'm not thinking anything about what, if it was unusual or if these guys were suspicious or anything like that. Just, that's just what happened. Day rolls on, gets toward the end of the day. It's closing in on five o'clock, and I've, you know, I'm 
just about ready to go home, and I'm downstairs in the office talking with Dave, one of the other printers. Dave is a friend of mine um, still to this day, and uh, um, so we're t I'm talking with him, and I'm talking with the office manager. Now, I won't say the office manager's name because I don't want to. It's Dewana. <laughs> we'll just call him the office manager. Well, he's he was really busy that day dealing with customers, and, uh, and so uh, we're just talking about whatever we're talking about, the three of us, Star Trek or X Files or some movie stuff. We talked about that kind of that kind of stuff a lot. And the the roommate guy, the tenant that we know, he comes back from from his work and he comes in he pops into the office hey guys you know hey how you doing and then he, he talks to us for a minute or two i guess and then heads up to his his up to his place and five ten minutes later he's back down in the office he's guys dudes bros bras my apartment it's just torn up his furniture's knocked over there's stuff all over the place it's i've been broken into it's you know, like oh wow wow you know you guys see anything hear anything and i said well I saw these three guys coming down from that floor. And, and, and then Dave says, you know, at some point at about the same time in the day, <clears throat> he had seen three guys that matched the description of what I had seen in the entryway of the building. Hang on, i got to take a sip here. In the entryway of the building. Now, when you come into that entry, it's a big, big open vestibule, I guess is the word you would call it, or you wouldn't call it a foyer. <clears throat> Maybe you would. Anyway, you know, one door goes into the office, the other door goes straight into the shop, and another door goes to the stairs that go up, up to the residences, uh, the other floors. Well, Dave saw these same three guys kind of hanging out in there. He said they headed toward the stairs. And that's pretty much all we knew. Well, you know, the tenant says, guys, dudes, Bros, bros, would you would you tell the, you know, I got the cops coming over. Would you tell them what you saw? Well, sure, we'll hang out. Now the office manager is kind of excited. This is cool. This is exciting. Ooh, wow, well, you know. So he's listening in and all this kind of stuff. He's kind of you know kind of excited about it. <clears throat> and it's we're hanging out in the office and we're waiting for the police to get there. And it's getting closer to five o'clock. It's getting after five o'clock and, and the police haven't shown up yet. Well, office manager, he can't hang out anymore. He's got to go home. He says, well, i, I got to go home. The wife's, you know, waiting for me. I can't hang out, so see you guys later. Uh, let me know what goes on, whatever. So he leaves. Police come. Police officer comes in. We explain what we saw. I mentioned that case. And he had a little pause, the officer did. He went, huh, kind of sounds like a bag that our detectives use, you know, like an evidence case or whatever, you know. It kind of sounds like one of those. He went, huh, interesting. And, um... And then, you know, file the report, he leaves, you know, and that's, that's as far as what, what we knew that day. And I don't think we learned anything ex exactly what was going on for another two days or so. And what we did learn, uh, part of what we learned what came from across the street. Uh, across the street, it was an architect's firm or something like that where one of the people that worked there, a uh, woman that worked there, was friends with one of the guys that works at the silk screening shop. And she came over, she was telling him, and says, you know, the other day, what was going on? Because, you know, we could see, because they look, they watch us, they watch us silk screening guys. They're just lots of punk rockers with tattoos all over the place. And they watch, and they'd have names for everybody, and, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. And um, they, they saw a car pull up, and these three guys get out of the car, and the three guys are wearing T-shirts or shirts or whatever. On the back of those shirts was printed in big, bold, white letters, D-E-A. Drug Enforcement Agency, I believe that stands for. So these were D-E-A agents walking in. And she said that what they did was they got out of the car, and then they put jackets on over the shirts so that you wouldn't see the D-E-A stuff. And they went into the building. Now, I'm, I'm sure they were trying to be discreet so they didn't make you know, the, it seemed like the business was being investigated. So they go in, and what they did was, is they went. They had a search warrant. They went up to that apartment. They got in, and they were searching the apartment because, and this we learned from the roommate. His roommate, this guy that he didn't know well, just you know, just they found each other somehow, and they rented this apartment together. This guy was a drug dealer, 
and he had several places around Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis that he lived or residents, you know, and this was one of them. And so these, the DEA was on this guy, and they were investigating. And and uh, the roommate tells us, says, yeah, I, I, eventually I found the search warrant on the kitchen counter because they, they left it behind that they had a warrant to search the place to collect evidence or whatever they did because he said, I found that nothing was stolen, nothing was gone. He even said he had, a, I think, a bag of pots or maybe a couple of joints or something sitting on his nightstand and they just left it. They didn't touch it, but obviously they weren't interested in him. They just wanted to you know, just to you know, check out this other guy. So that's the story. That's what we know. That's what we found out. That's what we know. Well, that's when I was working in the art department. Eventually, I left the art department. I went to work at some other place for a while. That place drove me crazy. I ended up quitting. And then uh, eventually, I came back to Coldside and started working in the office and working every day with this office manager guy. And he started telling the DEA story to customers. The only thing is, he put himself in the story. He saw the guys come in. He saw them sidle up the stairs. He saw the shirts with the DEA on the back. He starts telling people this. Now, I'm not correcting him because it wouldn't be good form, I think, in front of customers. And the guy had certain dickish behavior to him, the office manager. I got along with him for the most part, but eh, but quite often he could get on my nerves. And he, he, he had a certain dickishness to him. And uh, you could ask my wife, she never, she never liked him. <laughs> and Because uh, she worked there too. Uh, not at this time, but she had worked there before. Or she had worked there when I met her. And, and, and it, never mind. Um, so he, you know, so he would get on my nerves, and he'd do this. And I don't know why I never corrected him. I think it was because I was hoping that one day, someday, he's going to tell me the story. And he did. It happened. Now, the way the office is set up, there's the main floor where the customers come in, and his desk is there, and there's a loft. So right up above his desk was my desk. And so... You know, we're talking, there's nobody there. And the story came up, and he gets up and he walks over to the office door, which he would do often so he could look up and see me up in the loft as I'm working on whatever I'm working on. And he starts telling me the story. I saw these guys, these three guys come in, and they sidle up the stairs, and they got the DEA agents on the, on the, on the you know, the DEA stuff on their shir on shirts, and up they go. And I remember, and I said, no, you didn't. And he looks at me. I said, no, you weren't even, you practically weren't even there. I saw the guys, Dave saw the guys, and we didn't know that they were DEA agents until two or three days later. You weren't even there. Oh, I slammed him down. Boom, boom, shut him down. And he just stopped talking, went back to his chair, sat down at his desk. And I felt pretty good. <laughs> I showed you. But you know, I've learned a few things since then. I've learned about how memory is bad. I've learned about how things can be incorporated into memories that didn't happen and how a person can put themselves in a memory and not realize that's what they're doing. And, and, and I think it's, it was perfectly normal for, you know, that's because of the, the, the faultiness nature of our, our memories that, this, that the office manager really did come to think of him being in it and could probably to himself picture this happening. This wasn't him self-aggrandizing. This was... I, I honestly, he came about thinking that this is, you know, this is what happened. I saw this. I think, you know, I, I it's it's perfectly possible, and I've learned this since then, and that he he wasn't being a dick and wasn't trying to make himself look more interesting by stealing somebody else's story. That that he came to actually believe that. So I began to think, you know, maybe I was the asshole. And I should have taken, you know, when he said that to me, he said, you know, it's funny you think that you remember it that way, but that's not how I remember it. It's just, this is what my memory of it is. And Dave and I saw him, and, and to be more gentle and not to throw it back at him and to slam him down. And, you know, it's, I, I should have been a little more gentle. But now that I've told you all this, I'm just going by my memory. So I could be wrong. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. 
Well, that's the end of another Dimland Radio. You uh, Be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. Check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.